Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Shifted Radio. I'm Mike. Today we have a special guest, Daniel Champini, joins the show. Daniel is a fourth-year pro who has played over 100 American Hockey League games. He's also a 2014 national champion with Union College in NCAA Division I hockey. Fun fact, he scored a hat-trick in the semifinals to beat Boston College who was powered by Johnny Gaudreau that season. Daniel now hones his skills playing for Brampton Beast while under contract with the Belleville Senators. Daniel also has a very fine interest in finance and we'll get into that as the show progresses. But without further ado, here's Daniel. Hey Daniel, how are you doing today? Good, you? I'm doing well, I'm doing well. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm going to refer to you as champ from now on, because that's <laughs> what I just call you. It feels kind of awkward to call you Daniel, to be honest. Yeah, with you. only my parents can call me Daniel. Not even my little brother calls me that, so yeah, call me champ. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the, greatest, uh, that's the greatest nickname probably ever. I mean, no matter who, who you get to call champ, it's awesome. I think your brother Boone's is better, but okay, I'll keep this one. <laughs> well, the Bo- I mean, the Boone one happened. I mean, I don't know when you got yours, probably from birth, but my bros uh, started uh, really young too in minor hockey. We had, uh, yeah, one of the parents started calling him that. I thought it was awesome too. I don't, <laughs> it's amazing, but I, I guess you could call you Boone too because you're a Daniel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you, yeah. It's crazy how it sticks with you for the rest of your life though. Like even now, like some people that meet me on some of the teams and stuff, I always introduce myself as Daniel, but I bet you half the guys on my team or that guys I've played with, like some of them, they don't even know what my first name is. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like I had to research. I was like, wait a minute. Name's not. <laughs> I mean, if you said, hey, do you know who Daniel is? <laughs> I'm sure they'd be like, who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, champ. It's hard to forget uh, national champion, buddy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those uh, so, were good times. Yeah, so we we uh, we gave the listeners a short Coles Notes version of uh, your bio, uh, just very quickly. But why don't you go into a little more detail on who you are, where you're from, and uh, how you got here? Yeah, so I actually grew up uh, in Concord, a uh, little little uh, town outside of Vaughan. Uh, I've been uh, same house my whole life. I played minor hockey in the GTHL. I played for the Toronto Red Wings, the North York Rangers, and the uh, Don Mills Flyers. And then uh, I played junior hockey uh, for St. Mike's Buzzers. I played there for four years. And uh, I, then I went on and played at Union College for, uh, for four years after. So, yeah, that's kind of the route that I took for, uh, for the development side. And then uh, currently this is my fourth year pro. I signed out of college uh, with, uh, <clears throat> with Rockford Ice Hogs, which is Chicago Blackhawks affiliate. I was there for a a full season and then played in uh, Ontario which is LA's farm team uh, LA Kings and then the past two seasons I've been with the Ottawa Senators uh, organization I played a full year in the American League last year and then this year I've been uh, up and down with Belleville and Brampton who's the ECHL affiliate uh, currently that's where I am right now and we're we're in a playoff push right now we're we're in tough but hopefully uh, you know hopefully we can kind of finish strong here we got 10 games left and Every game is important right now, uh, especially in our in our division. So, 
yeah, when you start to get into like March, uh, hockey is just so much fun to play. And it's always, it's always kind of, uh, good to be playing meaningful hockey at this time of year, right? Like it's, it just keeps it more fun and entertaining. Yeah. I've been on the teams, especially last year. We, we were out, uh, we were out, I think in the end of January, maybe, maybe even earlier yeah. than that. And, and the games when they're not meaningful, it really, it really kind of sucks because you don't, you don't have the opportunity to, you know, kind of, kind of grind and, and play with the guys and everybody's got their, uh, everybody's got, you know, their own, almost their own agenda, I would say, you know, yeah. guys are kind of playing for themselves at that point And some guys are playing for contracts for the following year and, you know, who knows, some guys might be retiring, so they don't care. So it just becomes like, you know, it, it, you lose that, that team atmosphere when, when you're really not playing the, uh, um, and I'm not saying everybody, but, you know, usually oh, yeah. kind of Hackins, guys kind of check out and guys kind of, uh, you know, are on their own page. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when you're not playing for anything uh, of importance as a team, then it starts to become, okay, what, what's the next best thing? And it becomes about individuals. And, you know, playing hockey is a, it's such a team sport and it's such a, you know, a unique like family atmosphere that when you start to take that, you know, camaraderie aspect out of it by being out of a playoff chase, like then, you know, it gets difficult and, you know, it's kind of hard and that's why you need good leadership. And, you know, I know you're yeah. wearing a, a letter on your sweater and I know you've been a good leader uh, and on all the teams you've played for. Um, so would you say that leadership is uh, something that comes naturally to you or how do you, how do you define your particular leadership? I actually personally don't really, uh, I'm not the rah-rah guy. Like everyone thinks the leaders, they always got to be the ones that say stuff and they always got to be the ones that are kind of, uh, motivating on the bench and whatnot. I, I mean, and, and you can ask most of my coaches. I, I do a lot of that, you know, my leading by example on the ice and kind of, you know, off the ice in the weight room doing extra extra stuff. I think, uh, you know, my coach in college told me that he gave me the letter because uh, oh, a big reason was because for, for three years prior to that, I was going before, uh, before my 9 a.m. classes at school. I was out on the ice shooting heavy pucks in the morning before class at 8 o'clock and then, heading over to class and I do that twice a week and um he kind of he kind of saw how that translated in my game and I think for him he wanted that to resonate with some of the younger guys coming up and being able to play and um big minutes especially for some of the freshmen so um you know for me it's little things like that that you know right now the game is so tight and so close with with a lot of players that you got to try to make you got to try to find that one or two things that separate you from the rest of the pack and you know, doing little things like that, going in the weight room and stuff like that's, you know, that's how I, you know, feel that I need a lead. And, and I do speak up, especially now in my role here in Brampton. Like I was recently just given the letter. So for me, I, I speak only when I have to and, you know, when there's certain situations. And it's actually, you know, especially with the young guys, you know, one of the guys the other day had said to me, you know, it's, you know, you don't really say anything. But when you when you spoke the other day, guys listened and guys kind of appreciated that what you said and they took it for face value. So you got to pick your spots. And I think that that's, you know, a big quality for some of the leaders that I've seen anyways. And some of the guys that I've played with, like Vincent Laverde was really big with that um, in Ontario for me. Uh, Mike Blunden, you know, he very rarely spoke, but um, his work ethic on the ice was was uh was massive so um you know guys followed that that lead more so than 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 having you know him i guess uh, you know talking a lot on the ice and whatnot so yeah no that's good i mean everyone's got their own little niche and and what they bring and 
the quicker we find out what we're good at and then try to do that consistently, that's how, you know, that's how progress is made with, with respect to our own particular careers. And uh, it's no different for leadership. I mean, once you find your style and you stick with it, I find that leading by example always trumps everything else for sure. Because if you have that to back you up uh, with what you're saying, you know, you can always draw upon and say, Hey, you know what, you know, you don't have, then you don't have to speak as much. You can just let your actions, you know, speak for you. So, I mean, I, I like that uh, approach too. Uh, I also understand, you know, there's, there's different ways to, to be a leader. So, you know, that's good. Um, I think that's, you know, great for, for, for you. And, and, you know, when you talk about getting out on the ice early, shooting pots before your 9am class, uh, talk about little details like that. Uh, I know, you know, we'll get into you, your team uh, and the success they had, um, but talk about the small little details that it takes to, to really, you know, hone in on your craft of being a professional athlete and, and like how, how hard you actually have to work and, and how little is actually given to us and how you know, we have to really take advantage of, of every small little opportunity. Yeah, that's what I was trying to describe before was that, you know, now the difference between one guy versus the other, the difference between the American League player and the NHL player, the difference is so small. So being able to find that little that little edge, and for me, I noticed that right away when I went to college. I, I went in um, at my freshman year, and I felt like I was the stud. I came out of the OJHL, and I was a you know, guy there for the last two years, and I was going to play and be relied on, you know, play all these minutes while – newsflash I didn't play my first game until you know the end you know Halloween uh, and I didn't play I played like five minutes and then I didn't play my next game until the end of November and then I didn't play a game until February and between that time there I, I really kind of did some soul searching and a lot of time you know when I went home for Christmas I didn't want to go back I told my parents you know you know just leave me here we'll go pick up my stuff and we'll come home and I kind of felt like you know it, maybe hockey wasn't for me maybe I thought all these years that it wasn't for me and um you know, my dad told me, he's like, listen, you're going there, you're getting an education. He's like, just go there and do what got you there. And he said, and he goes, and just prove to them that you're going to outwork anybody that's in the lineup, anybody that's on any other team. And so for me, I kind of just took that mindset and went back to school and um, I just grinded. I, and, and for every sense of the word, I, I was up, like I said, shooting pucks. And, um, you know, I was staying late after practice. I was watching extra film, even games that I didn't play, like, you know, and when you when you're a scratch, like for me, I was watching the game. I was envisioning myself out there. I did a lot of stuff with a sports psychologist. So every edge I was trying to give myself because when you get on the ice, you don't have time to think about those things. You don't have time to think about the differences. You don't have time to um, analyze that stuff. When you're out there, it's just got to come like second nature. So for me, shooting those heavy pucks in the slot. You know, I knew that uh, last game I had an opportunity on my off wing and I shot it and I hit the post. Well, you know, that's the difference between scoring a goal and not scoring a goal. That might be the difference between staying in a lineup and not being in a lineup, especially now in, in pro. I've noticed that a lot too is, you know, if you get points and especially you're an in and out guy of the lineup, you get a point or you get an assist or you get a plus, that might be the difference from you staying in and out of the lineup. So uh, for me, it, it was just finding, fine-tuning those skills that I knew I had to fit my game, to also fit my team's game, and then kind of just running with it from there um, and just staying on top of it all the time. And just because after my freshman year, you know, uh, in that from that February point when I when I then got another game, 
I, I played really well and I got another game and another game. And before you knew it, my coach called me in the office when we were in playoffs and he said, listen, you know, you, you beat out the ju- a junior uh, just by your work ethic. And we think you could fit in great on our third line as our shutdown guy. And um, I, I'm going to go with you from here on out. And that was like a complete turning point for me in my college career because I knew I could do it. I proved to myself, I proved to my coaches and I got that little opportunity. I ran with it. And I went from crying myself to sleep over Christmas break to playing in the Frozen Four my freshman year, which some people play four years of college and they never even get to the tournament. So for me to play in the Frozen Four, um, the semifinal game, which we lost to Ferris State, unfortunately, but just to be there and just to kind of gain that experience for, for when we did go back to the dance, like it, that was a huge uh, step for me. So, um, you know, I know it was kind of a little bit of a long-winded explanation, but I think a lot of people now don't really understand the differences and the little edge and uh, that's needed or required to kind of separate yourself from the pack. And uh, some people think, okay, you know, I do it one time or I do it a couple times and I don't have to do it anymore. Well, in my, my senior year, I was still out there and I was actually dragging freshmen out there with me because I wanted them, you know, guys like Ryan Scarfo and uh, some of the other guys in that class, Spencer Fu and stuff. I wanted them to come out there. I wanted them to be with me and play with me and, um, you know, be impactful players. And I knew that when, and you know, the same way on winning teams, you got to have 20, you know, 23 guys. Well, in our case in college, 27 guys tugging on the same rope. If uh-huh. not, you know, that things can, you know, things could fall through. So um, for me, that's kind of what was my mindset in college. And it kind of carried over to pro and, um, you know, obviously you got to, got to change it a little bit because you play a few more games in pro than you do in college, but Nonetheless, you still keep that same mindset of, of staying on top of it and honing skills and watching games and watching your, you know, watching your own film and kind of building from there. Yeah, I, like that was a great, great answer. Honestly, I know it was, you know, you, you, you said a lot of things, but it was full of a lot of really good details for people that are going to listen to this episode. It's, it's awesome, actually. Um, that's really the essence of being an athlete is, training all the nuances and tra- training all the contingency plans, you know, like you can, you can prepare and prepare and prepare and prepare. And when you go into, you know, a game, you know, the other team is also prepared too. And they do something, you know, that maybe you haven't, you didn't expect, or, you know, th- maybe they're playing well, they're on their game. So you, you have to be ready. Uh, you really, really got to do your due diligence and be ready for, um, you know, battle basically. And that's what, the games are like, and, you know, if you're, if you're waiting and relying on, you know, that, that switch to turn it on in games, it's, it's just not going to happen. You, you have to put in all the effort, uh, you know, in the practices and your preparation, whether that's, you know, going on the ice early and shooting pucks or whether that's in the gym, um, you know, getting reps in, whether that's, uh, you know, in the film room, watching film or at home, you know, visualizing stuff, you know, a couple of breaths and some uh, visualization works for games or, you know, before you go to sleep at night, like any little small advantage that you can give yourself really makes a big, big difference. And I think that that's where uh, athletes set themselves apart from, from the rest of their class, you know, is, is their willingness to want to do it, you know, because it's, it, in reality, if you really look at our daily practices and our daily lives like you know in essence it's it's not rocket science we go to the rink we prepare we practice we come home we take care of ourselves right like it's not you know we're not we're not bending our minds trying to 
trying to think of like new formulas for how to calculate, you know, physics and all this stuff, like that kind of stuff, you know, isn't what we do, but what we do well is we train efficiently hard every single day. And, and we're willing to put in that hard, hard work every single day. And that's where, you know, the athletes that make it to the pro level, that's where they separate themselves. They're willing to just do a little bit more for a little bit longer than the next person. Right. Would you, would you agree on that? Oh yeah, hundred percent. And then that, that also can, uh, I mean, yes, for our job, but that also translates into why a lot of companies now, you know, that you talk to some of these higher uh, CEOs and even you read some of these, uh, these blogs on Bloomberg and stuff, they, they love to hire athletes. They're looking for guys that have, have been, uh, have succeeded in, in their craft, uh, growing up and played college sports and, and all that kind of stuff, because that all, all that translates into, into a job atmosphere, especially, you know, I'm pretty big into finance. So for me, that, that, uh, that translates to a lot of uh, high pace environments that they work in, you know, investments every day, things moving, things changing, fast paced environment. And, um, and, and one of the things that I think we kind of, we touched upon, but we, we kind of went around was adaptation. The game changes so fast. Mm-hmm. The games, you know, things happen so quickly. So um, being able to have that adaptability in the middle of a game or in the middle of a, you know, in the middle of a job cycle or, or whatever the case might be, that's a huge selling point for you on your resume. If you can kind of approach it in that, in that mindset and, um, and then that kind of just builds off of the hard work, the determination, the discipline, um, you know, and, and I know you can say the same thing that I that I will right now is how many birthdays and confirmations and weddings <laughs> and all these things that we missed because, you know, we had to go play a hockey game and, and yeah. nobody really understood, you know, nobody understood, well, why can't you just ask for the day off? Well, things don't just work that way, you know, especially in this world. It's, you know, for, for, for six and a half, seven months, you're at the beck and call of your team. And, and there's kind of no, you can't call in sick. You don't get, you know, six, seven days or whatever, two weeks of vacation time to just take off on your own. You got no. four days at all-star break. You got maybe two or three days at Christmas if you're lucky and, and you're playing at home, you know, close to home where you can fly out of. So, I mean, all those things, you know, that also not only translates into what we do, you know, what, what I do or what you did as well uh, every day you know, at the rink and on the ice and, and, and kind of in our lives for, for so many years, but it's also a big, um, a big factor for what's, what's to come after that as well. And they teach you the life lessons for the future. Yeah, for sure. It's great. It's, it's, it's amazing to really put that into perspective. Like sure. You know, athletes, we get, we get like a day off, you know, I would say once a week, probably we get a day off uh, from like going to the rink you know, but in that time, you know, you're, you're, you're still in like that hockey mode, you know, like you don't really get to, you don't really get to turn it off, Uh, you know, and, and talking about, you know, taking a vacation or all that stuff, like we get literally two to three days at Christmas, and maybe three to four days at the all-star break. So in total, you're looking at between five to seven days in eight months of just, just really being able to like, not have to think that you're going to the rink the next day. You know what I mean? Like it's really, it's really, really mind blowing when you actually put that in perspective and you know, like the amount of work that athletes do is, you know, that's why they, they reach the levels that they do. It's no coincidence. Like nobody's there by accident. Like, would you, would you think that any of your teammates now are there like, you know, because they don't belong there? No. I mean, I don't, I don't, I certainly don't. No. 
No, I, I don't think anybody got there by fluke. I feel like at some point or another, they did something right, something right, the right way. They got an opportunity. Maybe they got a little bit of luck and a little bit of a chance, but they were able to take, you know, take, uh, take advantage of that and have them be seen by some, you know, somebody saw them do that and kind of just propelled them to where they are today. But, you know, it's funny because I had this conversation with my mom and she says, you know, people tell me that you work three hours a day. Why are you always napping? Why are you always tired? Why? And I said, well, listen, while you guys get to, you know, have two days off on weekends and whatnot, and you guys get to go, I I have to play. Mm -hmm. I'm playing, I'm trapped. We're traveling, you know, and yeah, we have a lot of downtime and, you know, we could probably touch on that as to what, you know, what actually some guys do and what guys like myself (laughs) like to do. But I mean, at the end of the day, and we, you know, people say, oh, you have the whole summer. Well, no, not really, because for the whole summer, we're, putting our bodies through, you know, training, you know, three, that's three even harder. Hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the season almost, the season almost feels like off season for it. By the time you're done with the whole, you know, training and guys just are itching for the season to start. Cause yeah. they don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. But yeah. Like you know, you're, you're, you're at the gym for two hours of say two and a half hours a day. And then you're, you know, sometimes, you know, a couple times a week, you're on the ice for another hour, hour and a half. And, you know, before you know it, the week's over and, you know, Saturday, Sunday, you're trying to recover, maybe do something downtime, maybe play some golf or something. And then the next, then, you know, Monday comes and you're doing the same thing all over again. And you got probably eight to 10, maybe sometimes 12 weeks, depending on when you're out and when you start your training. So, you know, it's, it, it doesn't end really. And at the end of the day, you're kind of at the beck and call of the sport, but you know, when you look back on it, it's, it's something that you can pride yourself on and, you know, how disciplined you were to, to the craft, because that's something that, that's something that would separate, you know, one guy that used to go to the movies all the time on Friday nights uh, when he was 13 years old versus the guy who's still playing hockey now. So, um, you know, for me, I, I kind of take pride in it. It sucks, obviously, and I know you'll say the same thing. And, you know, you don't you get to miss out on a lot of important things, the family and whatnot. But, you know, in the end, you get to say that your your occupation is a professional hockey player and you got to live out, you know, a dream that, you know, for you anyways, you got to play in the NHL for me, you know, it's, you know, still a, still a hope and a dream for me, but I've still, I still have so many experiences, life experiences that I would have never been able to, you know, I got to play hockey in California for a full year. Like how crazy is that? You know, in LA, in LA of all places, like it was unbelievable. That team was great. And we just had a blast, but you know, I I was going to the rink and flip-flops and shorts in the middle of December. So, you know, it's just those things. That sounds like no fun. (laughs) sounds like something i wouldn't want to do but yeah it's those things like that where you look back when you're old and you're like holy cow like i was able to do this for so long and um you know obviously when the national championship was a big thing too but um just you know you can kind of take something out of every year you know last year i got to play my first full year in the american league this year i reached 100 games in the american league like you know it's those things like that that just make you appreciate it and you value it and you know you maybe don't appreciate it as much right now and a lot of guys say you'll appreciate it tenfold when you're out of the game and I know you know I remember seeing you posted something that the other day was the anniversary of your first NHL game and like you know something like that you probably appreciate it way much more now than when you were in that huddle there for the goal you know what I mean yeah. so, but you're looking back on it now you're like I'd give probably anything to be back in that avalanche locker room so it's 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 just the life experiences and the camaraderie and all that kind of stuff that just mixes into one that just makes it really special and and but like you said, it could, it could be gone with just, you know, one guy taking your job and one guy, you know, one mistake or, or, you know, you let off the gas for, for a couple of weeks. So, you know, it is really, it is really, really important to, to stay on top of it, especially if you're, 
if that's something that you're willing to work towards uh, as, a, as a goal or a dream. Yeah. Yeah. You said it best. Like the, it's a, the margins are so small um, yeah, between the making it and not making it. And uh, you know, like for me, uh, what I miss the most is just honestly trying to be better than myself the previous day. Cause that's, that's what, you know, my bread and butter was, is to, I was just willing to put in the work, you know, daily. That was, that was my thing. Like, uh, so like, that's the part I actually miss the most, uh, because like going home from the rink and, and feeling that sense of accomplishment each day from like putting your best foot forward. Uh, and you know, quite honestly, like it's definitely hard work, but it's, it's so rewarding. And, and to think about it now, like, uh, I don't know, just, so grateful for those opportunities and to do, you know, some of the things that you just said too, like to be able to play hockey uh, and, you know, make a career for yourself. And, you know, it's just something that, you know, not a lot of people are able to do, but, but like, you know, for us knowing the amount of effort and sacrifice that went into it, uh, you know, like we're, we're super grateful for, for all the stuff that, we're able to say now that we've accomplished. And, and I, and I know that you, you'll feel that, you know, even tenfold when you, when you do decide to hang them up, but that's not for a long, long time. So you don't have to worry about it's, that. It's for funny. Now. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that, that line there where you, you enjoyed getting better and in, in being better every day, but by yourself, because I never really uh, understood the value of, you know, something like that. Everyone always tells you, Oh, you got to be better than the next person. You got to, yeah, the margins are small and that's what we've kind of talked about, but, being better than yourself the day before is just is what guys like Babcock and stuff like that that they talk about now and I never learned that until um, my first training camp was with, with Chicago we were in we were in Notre Dame we they do this training camp festival at Notre Dame and I go down I had I, we had a, such a long day I took a nap and I ate dinner late and I go down and I'm eating dinner in this uh, massive uh, room that they have just for us and they they have unlimited food and you know the way it is they got uh -huh. fillets and all that stuff so i go down there and I, leave, <laughs> I grab a big plate and i go sit down and um i'm kind of just on my phone and and i uh somebody comes to pull the chair out in front of like from the other side of the table i look over and it's jonathan taze and he goes hey do you mind if i sit and have dinner with you and i said go ahead he's like it looks like it's just me and you and so this is my first training camp, like my first taste of what it's like to, you know, be a professional hockey player. And here I am sitting with one of the greatest players. They just came off winning the Stanley Cup the year before. And uh, we just get to chat. And he's just like a normal person. We talked about, you know, I told him I went to school. He talked about going to North Dakota and then talked about turning pro. And I said, you know, what's – and obviously when you're in a position like that, you're trying to learn as much as you can. So I, I asked him, I said, what's the one advice you said what would you give to, to a first-year pro? And he goes, I would just try to be the best version of myself every day, whether it's on or off the ice, because when you take care of yourself and you be the best person you can be, one, it rubs off on everybody else, and two – you're pulling your weight and you know that you can look yourself in the mirror every day and go to sleep and say, I did my job today. Tomorrow's a new day to get better and to improve. So um, that was something for me that I was like, wow, that, you know, 
that took me back and I, I've I never forget that conversation I remember looking him in the eye I remember exactly what he was eating on his plate like <laughs> that is something that I'll never forget in that conversation and it's and it's basically what you had said but just hearing it come from one of the greatest players you know in the NHL and probably a Hall of Famer you really you really appreciate those words when they when it's not really about beating the next guy like everybody's so worried about I got to be better than this guy or if I'm just better than this guy I'll be on the on the draft list or if I just put in these men no it it really doesn't if it's if you're getting better every day and you know that you you improved at something whether it's on the ice off the ice you learn something new you learned you know something new that might not even be hockey related you're being a better version of yourself every day it'll pay dividends in the end and people that work hard and live life the right way. And, and you've heard Babcock probably talk about this a lot, obviously in the Toronto media and uh, Colin Chalk, our coach with Branson Beast is a big, uh, he's a big Mike Babcock soundbite guy. So he kind of <laughs> all of his media and press conferences, but he loves the one where he says, if you, you, if you do the right things and you live the right way every day and you dig in and you, and you work hard and, uh, and, and like I said, you do the right things, you know, day in and day out, you're going to get rewarded eventually. It might not be today. It might not be tomorrow, but if you keep doing it and keep doing it and continuously do it, you'll eventually get rewarded. So for, so for me to hear those kind of words from those guys, it just reiterates in your head. And it's good to have guys like that, that are, that understand the game and you can learn from. And um, we're so blessed and lucky to have the technology that we have now you know, and, and being able to see things, uh, you know, right away, you know, go into the video room, see stuff right away and go, go the next day and be able to work on something in practice. And because we have that capability, so to use that stuff to our advantage is so huge. And, um, it gives us that leg up from, from when they, you know, from a long time ago when they didn't have that. So, uh, but yeah, I just, I, I thought it was kind of cool that you had said that because for me, that's something that, you know, I've always stuck with, especially the way Taves spoke about it. So, um, and he's a really cool guy. He's down to earth. Like he was joking about some, I can't remember. I think he, he likes, he's a big American Idol guy and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of funny when you, when you just sit there and you just, you, you put these guys on a pedestal and then you, you go and talk to them and they're, they're normal guys, just like you and I, and he just was getting Instagram and Kane was showing him how to work it the day before. <laughs> and so it's, it's kind of funny to, to, to see them in outside of the, on the ice in a, in a different element. Yeah. Like it's great to, to meet those kind of guys and to just, to just be around them, to see the level of commitment that they're willing to, <coughs> to live every day with to their craft and to themselves. And, you know, it's like I said, there's no, mistakes uh in terms of like nobody's there by accident like they're there because they're doing things the right way and just the way you said uh you know if you do things correctly more than not you're going to get more of what you want and that's a great way to live by too because you know then it becomes you know a lot about self-awareness and you know what game are you playing are you playing the micro game or you're playing the macro game and and for me, it was always it was always the macro. I always tended to favor um, the outlook instead of the now. And you know, there's some times where you need to you know favor the moment. And you know, going back to what you said about you know the, the post about the, you play my first game. Uh, you know, it's really it's almost impossible to really understand the magnitude of the moments that we live in. We're just kind of like trying to do the best we can. Uh, but I've, I've tried to take it upon myself now to, to try to embrace more the micro and, and, and understand moments and, and try to capture them uh, 
through a different lens and, and to be part of the moment instead of just, you know, maybe letting it run its course. Uh, so yeah. it's a really good perspective to have. And I wish that more athletes could, could have that perspective while they're playing uh, because it would really, you know, it might make things better for them. You know, you really might see really good celebrations, like genuine celebrations. I don't know. Like you score yeah. a goal, you score your first goal. Like instead of like just saying like, yeah, put your hands up in the air. Like maybe somebody just, you know, looks at their their mom and points her and like gives her a kiss. Like, I don't know. Like yeah. Yeah. who knows, yeah. you know, what yeah. people are doing. But all I'm saying is like being in the moment is, is good yeah. too. Uh, you talk about technological... Yeah, I was just going to touch on what you were saying there. We do a we do a golf trip every year with the guys that I graduated from school and Shane and I'm in my class and Shane Gosses bears and that it was in my class there and we were in Nashville last year for our golf trip. Uh just just north of Nashville we played some really nice courses there and um they we were talking one day we were having we had barbecue at the at the house that we were renting and he goes I think I would give up a year of my salary to go back and play and relive that junior year because like I don't think we enjoyed it as much as or I don't think we appreciated and valued it as much as we should have at the time so think about that a guy in the NHL would give up four and a half million dollars <laughs> to go back and relive you know that that mo- that junior year that moment you know to hoist the uh national championship trophy so you know i can't i just felt like that kind of went along with what you're yeah. saying where at well time, time, you don't really, really you don't really appreciate that time is the asset right like it's the ultimate asset we're all like it we're we're all trying to get more of that um i think that's the the biggest thing we we're all chasing really like more than money everyone's trying to get more time and uh you can't really put a price on being able to stay in the moment and you know you want to talk about technological advances now you know at least you can have video of stuff and and go back and watch it and relive those moments which is kind of nice Uh, i didn't even have internet until i was in grade 11 so i mean (laughs) not let alone a cell phone like i didn't even have the internet in my house until i was was in grade 11 man Everyone's going to think you took classes with dinosaurs in high school. I'm, I mean, maybe. <laughs> I still wrote on chalkboards. Like, I don't know. People are writing yeah. smartboards and stuff. This you, I was going to say, you've never heard of a smartboard before. No, I, I mean, I only know it because, like, I have a lot of teacher friends. But, uh, yeah. yeah, like, I don't even, you know, for me, I like whiteboards. But I always wrote on the chalkboard <laughs> as a kid. And we always took yeah. took notes and wrote in our in our journals or whatever, you know, like we wrote actual words on paper and it was great. And, and I like that. And I still take notes on paper and uh, I still like writing. It's, it's kind of a hobby. So, which is good. That's, um, that's awesome. Let, let's, uh, let's chat a little bit about your, your national championship with union. Talk to us a little bit about that year and who were some of the players that you were, were, uh, were on the team with. Uh, yeah, so that year was uh, it was my junior year, uh, 2014. We actually were about 500 going into December, so we kind of weren't we weren't really hot. We started off kind of hot, and then we fizzled off a bit. And then um, we actually had a bench clearing brawl with our rivals, uh, RPI, after one of the games. So they do like a um, like a cap <clears throat> mayor's uh, cup. And basically it's for, we play them three times. They're the only team in our conference. We play three times just because it's a rival. And uh, we actually had a bench clearing brawl at the end of the game. And 
and you know me, Mike, I'm not, (laughs) you know me, Mike, I'm not a fighter, but I was actually one of the three guys to get suspended uh, that game. So, um, but yeah, it just goes to show you the college rules. They they don't actually mean anything about fighting. It was because I ripped the guy's helmet off, but um, nails. And so, and then our head coach actually got into it. And so he got four games and um, it was just something about that, that kind of brought our team together. It just showed like we stood up for each other. We, we had each other's backs and by no means am I condoning jumping over the boards and, and going after, you know, into the other team's bench. But I think it was just that, just the action of what we did at the time and uh we were in that moment and we all we all backed each other and um for for us right after that game we, we actually lost the next <clears throat> the first game the next weekend and then we went on a 16 and 0 run right till the end so um it was kind of kind of crazy at the time to, you know to think about it's even crazy to think about now to even go 16 and 0 or whatever going right to the end and then um but yeah, so that year we cleaned up house. We won the Cleary Cup. We won the we won the White Law Cup. Which, so the Cleary Cup is the uh, is the uh, conference uh, to finish first in the regular season. Uh, the White Law Cup is to uh, win the conference, so the ECAC playoffs, which is the mm-hmm. conference playoffs. And then we went <clears throat> we went into the NCAA tournament. Um, we beat Vermont. We beat Providence um in the regionals and then we beat uh boston college in the semifinals which actually was stacked they had john goudreau they had uh, kevin hayes um steve santini i'm probably missing a bunch of guys yeah thatcher demko was their goalie he was a fr- he was his freshman stud he was unbelievable all year um and then we ended up beating minnesota 7-4 in the finals uh, which they had, I think it was 13 for uh, 13 NHL draft picks, and we had one, which was Shane uh, Gosses Bear. So, uh, and they were all they're uh, a full um, academic scholarship school, which means they, they allow 18 scholarships. And our school is based solely on financial aid, so you can't get a scholarship. Uh, they treat it as almost like an Ivy League school, so um, it's only financial aid based. Um, so yeah, it was kind of a kind of a crazy ending to a crazy year, but um, it's definitely one that I'll never forget. And um, you know, our slogan is "We'll, we'll walk together forever." And uh, watching last night uh, at the OHL Cup, I wasn't able to make it, but I watched on TV and just seeing those guys and the kids. Like I, I remember that uh, being there when I was 15. Uh, we lost in the finals to I think it was Markham Waxers. I was asking my dad yesterday; he thinks it was Markham Wax. I can't remember, but I remember being. <laughs> I just remember being on the bench and just being so upset, but, um, you know, I do remember just the guys on that team. I still keep in touch with them. I actually, one of the guys that I played with his youngest brother at the time, I think he was like, he would have been eight or 10 uh, when we were in the OHL cup, you know, now he got called up to play with Brampton, uh, for a weekend. So it's kind of funny how, you know, the world works. Yeah. Hockey's a small world. Yeah. Hockey's a small world. So, but yeah, I just, just remembering that. And I, I actually kind of know Shane and, uh, Shane Wright a little bit and, and Brent Clark, uh, they go to the Hill where I, where I train in the summers and um, they're just so such down to earth kids and so humble and it was just, you know, pretty cool to see it and for me I was kind of torn because I played for both organizations so um, yeah. but just to kind of see just just like an exciting game like that and you know, Yeah, that, it was a that great was, game great yeah, game. But, but back to the national champ, I guess for that, in, in that sense you know, we had a slogan, we'll walk to walk together forever um it was something that our coach kind of put together as a slogan it's up in the locker room now on top of our national championship like uh the photo at the end of the game so um and and just you know you'll never forget those moments you'll never forget the guys you play with 
now that I when I see those guys, um, Matt Bodie, who signed with the uh, New York Rangers, and mm-hmm. um, he was with Tampa as well uh, for a bit. Uh, I'd seen those guys playing you know, around when I was in the American League. Daniel Carr, who's an absolute stud right now for Chicago Wolves uh, <laughs> in, uh, in Vegas. I think he leads the American League as, right now in points. Uh, Josh, uh, sorry, not Josh. Josh Jers should have been there, but he left. So if he's listening to this, he's still, he's regretting it. I know he is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had guys like Colin Stevens who signed with Florida right away. Shane Gossesbury, obviously Jeff Taylor's in the, in the Pittsburgh Penguins program. Mike Vecchioni's in the Philadelphia Flyers organization. Um, so yeah, we had a lot of, we had a lot of good players. Uh, Max Novak, my other, one of my roommates, he played in Sweden. One, um, you know, one of my other roommates plays in Hungary. Um, and then uh, a couple other of them, I think they play, one of them plays, Charlie Bastero plays in, in Reading in Philadelphia's uh, organization. So I get to see him quite a bit. We've had a couple dinners because uh, we're, uh, we're pretty, we're in the same division. So uh-huh. uh, we, we see them quite a bit. But yeah, you just stay with those guys forever. And it's just, it's crazy how that brings you together. Our families are still close. Uh, like I said, we do a golf trip every year, ever since we graduated. <laughs> Uh, we pick a different city and we just go golf for five days and just hang out just because everyone's seasons are so busy. So, um, well, yeah, now guys are getting married, which is crazy. We've got a bachelor party coming up in Boston um, at uh, in June. One of the goal, our goalie, Colin Stevens, getting married. So we'll see everybody there and we'll just kind of segue that into our golf trip as well. And it's fun. It's 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 unbelievable, that, like the camaraderie. And I think that's the biggest thing that guys and uh, that guys talk about, you know, that they miss the most is the camaraderie. And I think. For us, we still try to keep that as much alive. Our group chat goes off every day. You know, we got a Snapchat group too, which is guys, you know, funny pictures and just keeping in touch with everybody. So it's awesome. It, it was, it's truly an experience that, you know, I'll yeah. never forget. And it was actually the first time I've, I've ever seen my dad cry because of a hockey <laughs> game. So that to me is, is something that is really special, especially all the hard work and dedication that he's put into my hockey career. And, um, you know, he, sometimes you forget to say thank you to them and, uh, when I came out, they uh, they gave us uh, trophies and plaques, so I gave it to him and my plaque, and and he started crying. So uh, naturally, obviously, I started crying. You know, it's not often you see your old man uh, crying at a hockey game. So um, that's you know, uh, talking about living in the moment. You know, I know. Yeah, exactly. Oh, there you <laughs> go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So and it was uh, we had a pretty long hug there, and my mom uh, my mom was pretty choked up too. So, um, but yeah, it's. Uh, something you'll never forget and something that uh something that nobody can take away from you and something that's uh you know it's almost as if we were talking about it last week it's almost as if you can put it as like a you know when you're when someone's like a doctor you can put like md or have your mba now you can put at the end of it national champion you know kind of write write it as uh, one of your accolades yeah they can't take that away from you that's exactly right they can't take it away from you it's there no no, no, you can't that's a, yeah. it's a great, you know, winning is, is amazing. And yeah. it, it really, like you said, it makes the team, the camaraderie, everything. It just, it just translates uh, into lifelong friendships. And uh, it's amazing to hear that you still keep in touch with those guys. That's, uh, that's great. It's, it's definitely, it takes a special group to win a championship because there's so much adversity and so many different things that happen throughout the course of the year that you really need guys in all areas in depth, you need, you need guys to step up. And, uh, when I think that when I, when I think about your particular situation, I mean, you had 
he had some really good seasons there, but I mean, I guess that semifinal game to get you to the national championship will probably go down as your most memorable uh, outside of, you know, winning the actual tournament the next game. Uh, I mean, having, having a hat trick in the semis to win 5-4, that's probably something that you'll, you won't soon forget, I'm, I'm assuming. No, yeah, that was uh, obviously that's one that I still have the pucks and everything. And uh, the last, the third goal was actually an empty netter, so I didn't really, didn't really have to work too too hard for it. But I will tell you that when that puck went over the defenseman uh, the V at the blue line, and I kind of broke through, um, the puck was way ahead of me at the far blue line, and skating down to the other end, I felt like a hamster on a treadmill. Like the net wasn't getting any closer. And um, but yeah, it's and just putting the puck in the net and like knowing that you were solidifying going to the going to the finals and and kind of just skating into the arm like turning around and skating into the arms of your teammates and stuff it was just like you know it, it was kind of a surreal experience like we had been there before we had lost in the semifinals I know what it's like to be lost in college and um, by no means am I going to take anything away from the season that they had that year especially with the players that they had but um, obviously that was a really you know special you know that goes down with I'd say probably also the 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 record that I hold at St. Mike's for the um, for the uh, single uh, goal scoring in a season, uh, and I also and, and basically the I have the most goals there, the most assists, the most points. So those that I won all in the same year, and getting a text from Eric Lindros because I beat him in all those things, <laughs> and he said yeah, and that was pretty cool. Like a seventeen year old and a guy that you used to watch playing, and he texts me and he goes, "You do owe me dinner, you know that, right?" And I just like, <laughs> and so. Did you him, buy him that I, dinner? Well, I, at first I said, who is this? Because he just... He, he, <laughs> New he number, signs, who this? <laughs> <laughs> he always signs his... I didn't know this, but he signs his uh, text messages with, uh, with, with E at the end. So I was like so oh, yeah. confused. I didn't have this number. So then I said, I was like, sorry, who is this? And he said, Eric Lindros. And I said, yeah, right. And then he calls me and says, hey, Daniel, this is Eric Lindros. We met back in December. I was like... Oh no! <laughs> I felt so no bad. way. <laughs> Here's the future Hall of Famer, and I'm telling him that it's not him, and trying to fuck him <laughs> off, like get out of here, kind of thing. So that was kind of funny, but yeah, holding those records too is pretty special. Like you know, I still go back to St. Mike's. I still watch. I think they're in the playoffs right now. I think they're down to North York. Yeah, they're down to North York right now. Yeah, so I I, uh, I still kind of keep tabs on them. Obviously, Rich Ricci was a huge part of my development too as a kid, and. Uh, I trusted in him even when I didn't play my first year. So that was kind of big for me. But, you know, having that accolade, you know, having those accolades there and having those plaques. And um, I'm a big puck guy. I like to keep the pucks. I got my 100th, my 100th game in the American League puck, too. So, um, yeah, that that kind of goes up there with the net, you know, that that semifinal um, game winning goal, I guess. I have a few of them that I that I treasure. So it's, I can't. Uh, but the, definitely the, uh, the semifinal game there was pretty special. Yeah, they'll make it up on the wall at some point later on yeah, in, your, in, your, in life, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. So let's uh, – I mean, you mentioned something about finance a little bit earlier in the show. And, and I know, you know, we've talked a lot about this kind of stuff. And, and, I, and I see that you're genuinely curious about uh, doing a lot of other stuff. Uh, I know that you did some really cool stuff with, uh, with school while you were playing professionally. So, like – Let's segue into that right now. So talk to yeah, us sure. talk to us about, you know, the uh the MBA process first of all and, and then let's let's get into, you know, what you like to do in your in your free time now. Yeah, for sure. So I graduated at Union College with a, a double major. It was economics and psychology. 
I actually went to Union because I was going to uh, be a psychology major. I wanted to get into sports psychology and then kind of just um, took a class intro to economics and liked it and then took a second class and third class. And then sure enough, I was basically on my way to, to, a, to a degree in economics. So uh, while taking psychology classes as well, and I, I really fell in love with, with kind of the whole, the whole genre of economics. But um, yeah, and then once I graduated, I kind of didn't know what I wanted to do uh, in economics or in finance, but I, I, I kind of geared myself towards um, looking at <clears throat> MBA programs. And my first year out of pro, I didn't really want to overwhelm myself. It was my first year living away, you know, playing pro hockey, traveling a lot, you know, 72 games and whatnot. And then my second year, when I was kind of settled in out in Ontario, uh, I was hurt for a little bit. And I was like, you know what? I got so much downtime. I go to the rink for an hour, two hours. Like, let me really look into this. So I, I did. And uh, I looked to see if I can do uh, my MBA program online. Uh, one thing led to another. I, I applied for a couple schools. And because my GPA was so high at Union, I was able to bypass the GMAT, which is like a um, an entrance exam. Mm-hmm. And then um, I was able to also, uh, because I had extra credits at Union, I was able to bypass the um uh, three, uh, three like uh, introductory uh, courses to the MBA that mm-hmm. it, what most people have to go through for online programs. Um, so yeah, I, I applied to Louisiana State, Missouri State, and I think there was one other one I can't remember the name, but those were the two that I got accepted to and that I was kind of deciding with. And then the Louisiana State one was a little bit more interactive. Um, the smaller classes, there was only fifty kids in the program, so. Um, only 50 kids get in, uh, in per term. So I was kind of lucky in that sense. And it was also a uh, second year, whereas Missouri state was the first year. So I was kind of uncertain of how it was going to work. Um, so yeah, basically I took, uh, I started out taking one class every seven weeks. Um, and then I'd have basically an exam at the end of the seven weeks, everything was proctored online. So you have to sign in, you have to, you're on webcam, mm-hmm. they have access to your computer, they can see everything. So you know, you really can't cheat, there's no faking it really. Um, and then uh, when the summertime came, I, I ended up doubling up classes, I took two classes uh, every seven weeks. And that was kind of that was a grind for me, especially with training in the mornings and stuff mm-hmm. like I had to be on top of it projects there was a lot of group projects for a couple of the classes so uh i spent i spent a, a good chunk of the summer at my at my desk at my parents house just yeah. kind of grinding away with schoolwork you know three four hours a day sometimes more um and then i found that i could kind of i could i was being able to manage it a little bit better i got into a little bit of a rhythm and then i just kept the two classes every seven weeks and uh i ended up graduating early uh it was supposed to be an 18 month uh program i ended up graduating in 12 months uh, I graduated last March, so yeah, I, uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of proud that I did it. Uh, my parents, obviously, my mom is a big proponent of uh, of education. She wanted me to go to school. She didn't want me to go the OHL route. Uh, although I was drafted pretty high, I kind of stuck to my guns, and I knew that I wanted to get a you know an education at a good school. And at times, it seemed like it wasn't going to happen or it wasn't going to work. But um, you know, like we talked about adversity and all that stuff, and sticking with it. Um, I think uh, I kind of I made the right decision, and uh, yeah, now I got an MBA while I'm playing, and it's kind of cool because I meet meet some people now. I've been kind of networking, even with some old NHL people and some people that are in the finance industry, and 
um, it's, it's a huge conversation starter. Like, wow, you, you know, you did your NBA while playing pro hockey. That's kind of amazing, you know, and then you just kind of segue into, well, what do you like? What don't you like? And um, just allows for a different, you know, a different angle of conversation. Everybody wants to talk to you and they're like, they, they meet you and they want to talk about hockey all the time. And, you know, I could talk hockey till I'm blue in the face, but once the hockey conversation starts, you know, then what do we talk about? They start asking you the tough finance questions and, you know, you don't know anything about the housing bubble or you don't know anything about, you know, what makes the price rise and interest rates and all that kind of stuff. And so it kind of just gave me a different, uh, kind of just gave me a different dynamic for, uh, for conversation. And now I, now I kind of appreciate having that, uh, as much as I hated my mom for putting me through it at first, she wanted me to do it. And I said, no, but, uh, now I appreciate it. I'm, I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm very grateful. I did it now for sure. Absolutely. I think that's, uh, it's a great, it's a great story. Uh, you know, it shows the hustle that you're, <laughs> you're willing to put into, you know, your, your free time really, uh, to do even more and take on even more, but you know, the, the diligence that you were able to manage your time well enough to be able to do one and two classes. Uh, that's, that's really good and, and great, uh, uh, great for you and good on you for being able to do that. So with that uh, being said, like what kind of stuff do you like piques your interest now? Like how, what do you like to do in your, in your free time now uh, having this in your back pocket? So yeah, it's kind of funny because I, I, I originally I, I was kind of all into stocks and I wanted to know about mutual funds and how they work and all that stuff. And then, um, you know, I, I, I did invest a little bit of my money that I made when I was uh, <clears throat> when I first signed. Uh, I tried to put some put some money away, but I also tried to invest some and some a little risky, some not. And then I kind of, um, you know, I, I I like reading up. I like their finance, you know, on Yahoo and and I'm on the Bloomberg websites and. Um, just reading up on different, you know, uh, different companies, different, uh, I guess, different sectors that are kind of booming now and things to look out for. So, um, but actually recently I just got into uh, real estate and uh, investing in real estate. So I just bought my first property, Congrats. Uh, which is a, thank you. Yeah. Which is a big step for me. I think I put a, put a, some money away and I was uh, kind of saving up and I wanted a good location and I wanted to kind of rent it out while I was playing because obviously, you know, Smart. life on the road, you're not at home. So, um, and my parents are nice enough that I don't have to pay rent, even though I'm a little older. So they're, uh, <laughs> they're letting me live at home rent free. So I get to that's because you're money. Italian kid. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I think that's the, I think that's the kicker, but yeah, so I, uh, I put a lot of, uh, put a lot of time actually. So I got this, this app and, um, called house Sigma. And, uh, it's something I've been telling everybody about just because I'm kind of pretty excited about it. I sit on there and I, uh, you know, a lot of my, not a lot of my, my spare time, but, but quite a few days, I, I kind of put my, uh, my time into that and look at houses on there and you can look at houses for rent, for sale. You can look at houses that have, uh, investment, uh, like rental, uh, income and, uh, potential and whatnot. So kind of, I kind of focus my time now on just kind of going through that kind of that stuff and uh still stay on top of the finance uh i like to read the newspaper you know i try to read all the headlines every morning while i'm eating breakfast and just kind of catch up on the news around the world and um stay the regular newspaper or are you talking like online um yeah I, I usually i usually have not not the regular one well we do actually we do get the regular one but that's my dad my dad takes that to work so we i don't i wouldn't even get to see that until he gets home from work but i watch i read the uh 
I read online, like I'll usually go on the Golden Mail or I'll try to go on the Wall Street Journal and stuff or even just on Yahoo sometimes too. They got the news sector there and I kind of dabble with that. And I'm also a big, uh, I'm also big into celebrity gossip too. So I like to see who the Kardashians are dating and what's going on in their life. So I try to keep, I try to keep on all sectors so that, you know, anytime that someone's coming across with a conversation, I can, I can stay young and stay up with these young kids in the locker room. Now, you know what it's like, you got to, got to stay in tune with the Fortnite combos and stuff. Although I don't play, but I don't really play, but you know, I, I I can kind of, now I I got my brother who keeps me informed of what the latest and greatest with the, with the Xbox. Yeah. Yeah. I was a big (laughs) FIFA guy myself. Yeah. Yeah. I loved FIFA, but I haven't uh, picked up those controllers in quite some time now, but I mean, it would be awesome to be able to do that, but it was, uh, you know, kid life, you know? Uh, No, that's, that's great. I mean, talk about old school your dad taking the paper to work is just awesome that's my favorite part of this entire conversation is that the newspaper thing when we were you know funny story like when when we were um i guess this is going back before 2010 like when i was in cleveland we had this guy on the team or two guys on the team three actually that did the the newspaper uh what's it called the uh the crossword every single day and they were lights out with this thing and and i here i am I would get the paper and i would try to do it too and uh i could not believe how fast these guys would finish the crossword puzzle they wouldn't read anything in the paper but uh, no. they would do so crossword me i actually liked reading the, the actual paper i like the sports section but i like the uh i like finance too i like i like just learning different things uh for me uh, i'm big into podcasts now obviously this one but uh yeah you know i listened to a bunch of really good ones uh, there's one by gary vaynerchuk uh there's one by uh dave asprey that i listened to another one by mark divine uh i like learning about like how the body works and how we can you know perform a little bit better each day as humans so that's what takes up my time and, and you know it's it's curious i'm curious to to know like what puts you into that mindset where you wanted to to focus on like that uh like in terms of finance you mean or just or, or just, in general? just in general to be curious about what was going on outside you know the athlete bubble world well i think because like we talked about before you're, you're in this world you know how many days a week and uh you're, you're kind of devoted to the sport uh, and at the end of the day, you could talk about hockey for only so long. And then there's a whole other world outside of hockey that goes on that sometimes you, 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 it'll pass you by when you have, you know, two games and three nights or sometimes three games and three nights, you know, the way the American league or the coast uh-huh. is. So, uh, so you can kind of get, you can kind of lose touch with what's going on. So for me, I like to just take, um, I, I, I've started doing it probably my senior year I'd say probably more so on my pro but uh, I tried to do it my junior senior year where I'd take like 10-15 minutes in the morning I'd get up a little earlier and I would just kind of scroll through the news and just have my breakfast and kind of just get in touch with what's going on in today's you know society just in general because you know you go to the your day is so busy and so hectic that you're so focused on what you have to do that the world's not going to stop for you. There's things going on. There's, there's money, people changing hands and all that kind of stuff going on. So I think the, the biggest thing is making sure that you, you, you give yourself that 10, 15 minutes for, for me time. And for me, I just, I found that 
I'm a pretty social guy. So to be able to talk to people on different things and have intellectual conversations other than explaining to somebody what the control four check should be uh, or, or what our power play breakout should be every day, you know, you're, you're able to talk to uh, people in the business world. You're able to talk, you know, um, I go back to Colin Chalk. I've had conversations with him about, anything from his daughters to uh what our what our offensive zone face-off should look like uh in a six on five so um being able to have that have that ability to be dynamic and, and not just be so narrow-minded with with you know getting caught up just in the sport um you know even guys that i know that are i've met a bunch of olympic athletes too and they're at they're, some of them they train six hours a day seven hours a day but they take those couple those couple minutes for themselves before you know before bed or you know in the morning before their day gets started and they just have some some me time whether you, you want to you know i know guys that might meditate i know other guys that do something what i do i have my ipad and i just scroll through my main media sources and uh you know I even you know cruise on social media a little bit too but um i've been getting away a little bit from that uh trying to just stay off it i probably go on it like once maybe twice a day um you know, just to look at, I'd rather spend my time looking at other stuff and something a little bit more meaningful than, uh, than what my girlfriend in grade nine was, is, is up to now. So <laughs> I, I, I'd rather, uh, I'd rather put my time into to other things. Yeah. Well, the good thing, dividend. the good thing with social media is that it's, it's evolved quite, quite a lot from, you know, people posting only pictures about their food and their dogs to people posting some really meaningful information. You just need to know, where to look now and and like you can find all this info on there and and it's great that you you bring that up about the social part and one of the big things that you know i'm big on is uh you know using social media and and instead of it using you and i find that you know that's that's been a really big help to a lot of the the people and the athletes that we work with giving them you know that perspective to to look at things and uh, it eliminates the mindless scrolling and it, it makes it uh, a tool, right? Like social media can be a, a, an incredible tool because you can really access any kind of information, any, anybody that is like important for you to get in front of. And that's one of the big things that, you know, we're trying to tackle and, and accomplish here with shift. It's a, it's a great point for you to make for sure. Yeah. For, and then uh, building on that, I actually did a mindset uh, reset, uh, in January, it's uh, from this lady named Mel Robbins. I found it through my cousin. And so it's a 35 day, basically mindset cleanse. So she just, every day you learn something new. And one of the things was um, social media. That was a big topic for her. She spent like two, three days on it. Um, so every day you had kind of like a, an assignment. So you, you had goals that you went through right at the beginning and then uh, things you wanted to achieve for 2019. And then she would basically kind of go through a stepping uh like a almost like a stepping ladder for how you can achieve them and what's going to create that environment for you and one of the things she mentioned was social media and um you know obviously not to knock social media and instagram and stuff but you're right the mindless scrolling is what i was trying to get away from but there are things online that i do love watching or i do like listening to especially you know she's someone big for me um and i do listen to uh, gary's podcast as well uh from mm-hmm. time to time just when i'm driving um, so things like that, where she mentioned, if it doesn't add value and if it doesn't bring happiness to your life and it, if it doesn't, um, and if you don't learn something from what you're, what you're looking at or what you're reading every day, 
then you should eliminate it, unfollow it. So, um, you know, if you have people on there that are constantly, you know, um, with negative, with negative thoughts and negative, um, you know, negative outlooks and, uh, or people just posting mindless stuff about their vacations and, and all that kind of stuff, you know, eliminate them. If they're not, don't talk to them. If they don't add value to your life, if it's not someone that you're looking forward to, you know, get rid of them because it's so easy to fall into that trap that you see them every day, you see them while you're scrolling. And, um, I think that's such an important thing in today because you could get caught up in there for 30 minutes and looking at things that are so useless, um, and just kind of alter your day. And then another thing was, and and something that I'm trying to do is trying to put my phone away in the morning. So when I get up in the morning, usually people roll over and they turn to their phone and look at their emails and their text messages and they go through Instagram and they're still lying in bed for 15 minutes. For me, I shut my alarm off on my phone and I go downstairs. I don't even look at my phone. Um, I know I've given myself enough time to get to the rink in the morning, or I know I've given myself enough time to have breakfast and whatnot. I, I kind of already, establish what how long it takes for me to get through my routine so i know i'm you know don't need my phone to look at the look you know the clock uh, and i just kind of go about my day i go about my morning i have my ipad my ipad doesn't have instagram it doesn't have twitter it just has you know uh the internet and it's got my couple um my couple apps that i look at the wall street journal and whatnot and that um and, and the globe and mail and and the toronto star and i just kind of scroll through them and I give myself that, that 20 to 25 minutes in the morning. And I just, I spend it with myself, you know, I spend it mm-hmm. in my own thoughts, you know, preparing for my day, thinking about things, you know, you're just, you, you, you forget and you take for granted that those, you know, how, how important that stuff is. Because like I said, once your day starts, you know, it's just go, go, go for a lot of people nowadays, you know, people live in this fast paced life uh, and they're constantly going, they just forget to kind of, I know it sounds stupid, but just take a step back and, and smell the fresh air and just, you know, be with be with yourself and kind of just give yourself that me time that a lot of people lack. Um, yeah. You know, so I think, you know, I think we're starting to get to a point where it's becoming more acceptable to talk like like kind of like we are like about these things and topics and in a sense where, you know, it, it's about really when you put it boils down to it, it's about performing better and you know like to, to be able to take two steps or to take a step back in order to take two steps forward you know you can say that in the macro but you can also do that in the micro as well like the short term it, it happens exactly the way you say it where you know you take that 20 minutes to yourself where you kind of let your mind be at ease and you're you're doing something for yourself that's going to you know, prep you for the day and then you go and you're, and then you're fully engaged when you get to the rank or you get to your job or you're fully engaged there. And you know, when you're done, you know, you can take that pressure off and you can reset and then ready, be ready to attack it, you know, the next day or the next time you're, you're out on the ice or whatever it is. Yeah, of course. And I mean, I don't want to sound like a hypocrite, but you know, I do like to indulge, like I said, I do take a, I do like to go on the TMZ and I do look at some of the, like I said, the keeping up with the Kardashians and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, and, and, you know, Tuesday nights, I do like to watch temptation Island with my friends. So we, uh, <laughs> we kind of, you know, we kind of make it a routine. So we, you know, there are times for that, but obviously, you know, I try to give myself, you know, like, like we spoke about that me time and, and making sure that, you know, I'm taking care of myself first, uh, and foremost, uh, cause that's the most important person in life. 100%. I, I, I think that that is, uh, 
so important to, to love yourself uh, and you'll be able to love others, you know, better if you yeah. take that approach. Um, yeah, no, this is, uh, this has been great. Like I think this, this whole episode has been jam packed with a ton of really good information to be honest. Uh, I really, really have enjoyed this, uh, this chat. Like I think that the viewer or the listeners are going to get a ton of uh, value out of uh, listening to this. Um, just like a, I guess uh, a couple, you know, things to, to, to kind of recap or to take away from, from the show. Um, you know, what, what are your, your perspectives on, you know, where your, your future uh, in terms of your career is headed and, and what do you see uh, for yourself? Ideally, I'd like to be in, uh, ideally, I'd like next year, I'd kind of like to explore going over to play hockey in Europe, but, but post-hockey, I guess, is probably more important. To, I mean, hockey can change at any point in time. And, um, you know, maybe next year I don't get a contract or whatever. So I always got to have a plan B. So for myself, I've actually kind of looked into private equity, uh, private equity realty. I've kind of made some contacts in that uh, regard. So I, I want to stay in the finance field. Um, and I've, I've looked the last two years, actually, I've looked into private equity, uh, real estate, uh, realty, just because uh, I'm being able to bring the two passions that I have kind of together, uh, finance, investments, and then as well as real estate. So uh, whether it be land development or actually uh, building, you know, subdivisions and building homes. So um, that's kind of the direction I'm going in. I've made some really good connections. Uh, actually, uh, VP for one of the companies that I've kind of that I've been in touch with uh, is Brandon Crombie. He's play uh, in Arizona. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I know Crombie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, me and uh, me and Beaner have had some good conversations, and I've actually nice. gone to I've gone to shadow him for a day or two at his office, and um, you know, still keeping in touch with him and. Uh, he's an awesome dude and he's willing to help. And even the guys in the office there have been great. And he's kind of connecting me with some other people too, just to get some different perspectives and outlooks on some different opportunities. But uh, ultimately I can kind of see myself in that because I've, you know, I find like that, that'd be my, my passion right now. And um, you know, you never know, obviously. And it obviously depends on what, what opportunities arise when I'm finished, but uh, I'd also like to stay into hockey some at some capacity as well. I'd like to coach or, um, you know, whatever, whatever time permits for me, you know, I'll kind of decide then, but um, yeah, I, I kind of like the, the idea of the finance and, and having, bringing those two worlds together and those two passions. Cause you know, for me, it's, it, it's, everyone says it's not work if you're, if you enjoy what you're doing. So, um, absolutely. so yeah, that's kind of where I'm headed. That's good. That's great. Uh, it's, it's good for people to hear this kind of stuff that athletes are, are preparing themselves for life after hockey. That's awesome. Uh, I just have three last little things here. Uh, you know, try to ask people some different questions uh, at the end of the show, but uh, this one will be the first of like the, I guess the new type of questions that I'll ask, but um, what would you say is your like special skill? Like what do you think is your, your clear strength? Uh, on or off the ice or both? Anything that makes you the the hockey player that you are? Wow. Uh, that's a really tough question. Um, <laughs> I would say, I would say commitment, uh, both on and off the ice. Like if I'm devoted to something and, and, and I'm committed, I'm passionate about something, I'm going to find the answer. I'm going to make it work. I'm going to, you know, work my butt off to, to excel or succeed. You know, that, that MBA program wasn't easy, but I figured it out. I found a way I stayed committed. 
you know, my hockey career, I could have given up multiple times when I was a junior and I, you know, I tore my ACL. I got decommitted to from Clarks and all that stuff. So um, I'd say commitment is probably the word that would best describe me. Um, and I guess you could piggyback and dis- uh, and say discipline and, and passion uh, as well, you know, with along with those, uh, I think is, a, is pretty good, pretty good at what separates me from a lot of people. That's good. That's a good answer. I like that commitment. That's a solid answer. Uh, two more. Favorite, or sorry, what do you think is your most important asset as an athlete? Like, what do you think, this is just like a general uh, thing. Like, what do you think the most important asset an athlete has? The most important asset? Um, Yeah. I think it goes back to what we spoke about before is work ethic. If you're willing to work and commit to the work and, and doing it right day in and day out, I think that there's, you know, no stopping you from, achieving what you want and it's you know obviously it's such a cliche thing but i feel like you know if you have work ethic everything else uh you know will fall into place where where it's supposed to um but you obviously have heard the saying a million times that hard work beats any night so um i think that that translates to both on and off the ice for sure absolutely uh i think that's the work ethic is the the driver of life so um last one here favorite superhero oh man uh i think you're gonna <laughs> ask a goofy one like this I, I i think i gotta go with uh i don't know i think i gotta go with uh superman i i, I was superman for halloween a bunch of times and there you uh, go. I, think, I think clark kent's a stud so Oh think, yeah. Uh, <laughs> glasses on or be... glasses off? <laughs> no, he's got to have the glasses on. It makes him a little more sophisticated. <laughs> yeah. Are you... oh, what, is, the, is it the cape or is it the, uh, the underwear on top of the tights? What, what is it? <laughs> I, think, I think it's definitely the definition with the underwear. <laughs> with the underwear yeah. I think that's awesome. Uh, listen, champ, this has been uh, an awesome episode. Um, it's great to have you on the show, to hear your perspectives, uh, to share your knowledge and uh, just some, you know, good little tidbits and good stories. I know that you're, you're, you know, you're passionate about what you do and, and you put in a lot of effort and, you know, most people, you know, they can't see all the little things that, you know, athletes do, but, um, if they hear it from someone else, you know, it could be meaningful too. And, and it, you know, I know when thinking about, you know, seeing you over the past few years, whether we were training or on ice or off ice, or, you know, just, you know, interacting with one another, I, you know, I've seen uh, all the hard work that you've been willing to put into your career. Uh, and like I said, you know, at the beginning of the show, uh, no one is where they are by accident. So, I mean, you've accomplished a lot of great, great things in your hockey career and you'll accomplish a lot of great, great things still to come. And uh, I just wanted to commend you on that stuff. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. And I mean, if you got anybody that uh, wants to reach out or has any questions or advice, you got all my social media stuff and you know, uh, yeah, no, I'll tell them what's your, where can they, where can people yeah, you can you can follow me on Instagram. Great uh, way to cap it off. Yeah. Dan, uh, Daniel Champini seventeen on Instagram, uh, and then I'll even give out my email as well. It's d dot at rogers dot com. If anybody wants to reach out and ask questions or 
um, you know, just wants to pick my brain. And I kind of was in, you know, some of the younger guys' positions too and, you know, conflicted about OHL versus NCAA or, you know, uh, you're conflicted about how to shoot the puck harder, whatever it is you want to have a conversation about or even just about life or you need someone to talk to or, you know, uh, I, I'm uh, I'm a pretty social guy, so I, I'm pretty, uh, like I said, I'm pretty dynamic. Uh, you know, if you're if like, a, and and I always go back to the Kardashians. If you want to know what I think about Kylie and Travis Scott, you're more than welcome to ask me. But uh, but yeah, I reach out and, and I, uh, you know, I'm willing to help out any way I can with anybody. I think this is awesome what you're doing, Mike. And um, yeah, like I said, any way I can help, I'm uh, more than happy to. Thanks, champ. I really appreciate Thanks, it. And thanks for being on the show. And I uh, look forward to having yeah, you on again. Good. I, I hope, uh, hope, I hope we get the call back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Good luck the rest Thanks, of the way. I appreciate it. Take care. <laughs> yeah. Ciao. Thanks so much, Daniel, for being on today's episode. I think it was a really, really informative episode and it just gives a lot of perspective into the mindset of a professional athlete and uh, how when you are able to make use of your spare time and you're driven and motivated and you have uh, a high level of commitment to what you're doing, uh, you can achieve a lot of good things and uh, especially you know in your free time when you could be doing things that uh, maybe bring little value to yourself um, you know the choice to do something that makes you happy and, and maybe think a little bit more forward and uh, try to set yourself up for what the future could look like is something that you know maybe needs to be talked about a little bit more so uh, I really appreciate your perspective on the matter if you guys like today's episode make sure you head on over to Instagram and leave Daniel or I message here uh, at Daniel Champini 17 this is Instagram or hit us up at shifted hockey and let us know what you thought about the episode today uh, we really appreciate your attention uh, and if you thought this this episode brought you some value and you think it might bring someone else some value please share it uh, and let someone else uh, be privy to this information that we have here uh, and this perspective and this great chat we had today with uh, with Champ. So uh, thank you guys for your attention, and we'll chat next time.